Look, I want to say that I'm truly sorry to all the women that I've impacted in this situation. Um, my des decisions that I made in my life that put me in this position, um, you know, I, I would definitely like to have back. I'm moving on with my career and my life, and I'm continuing to stand on my innocence. Just because, you know, settlements and things like that happen doesn't mean that a person is, is guilty for anything. I feel like a person has the opportunity to stand on his innocence and prove that, and we prove that on the legal side, and we're just going to continue to push forward as an individual and as a person. Good boy. Just when we think it's over, <laughs> we get a curveball thrown right at our heads by Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson. It was a crazy couple of hours yesterday as the word first started to surface and Miles Simmons sent on the PFT text chain that the Browns had delayed their media availability for Thursday. That's what got me to start poking around, seeing what I could find out. I quickly learned there would be news. The league inadvertently posted at their communications media website the draft of the statement announcing the 11-game suspension and the $5 million fine. And Miles Simmons and I spent a lot of time yesterday breaking down some of the more obvious angles, Shereen. But the thing that really sent this off the rails and could potentially be a problem for Deshaun Watson with the comments. I don't know why the Browns rushed him to a microphone yesterday. Why did they do anything? Just give it a day. Just rest on the written statements for a day. And let's see how the world reacts to it. And then maybe on Friday, if we need to, if we need to, we make people available. If we don't, don't say a thing. Sometimes the best PR is no PR. Just let it go. Let it marinate. Let it ruminate. Let it just be. They, they had to I, – I don't get it. And I suspect there are some folks in Cleveland today within the Browns facility wondering why they did what they did, including – giving Deshaun Watson a chance to stand up there and proclaim his innocence. Did they not know that's what he was going to do? Did they not realize from his private communications that he still proclaimed his innocence? That's the thing that obviously we need to talk about. We need to understand what it means going forward. But that's the biggest thing that stands out from yesterday's developments for me. And with that, I say welcome to everyone out there watching the show. And hello <laughs> to Shereen Williams. She'll be with me for the next two hours. I, is, am I missing something? Wasn't that the most obvious yeah. kind of head-scratcher that we saw yesterday? When we finally thought we had finality, Deshaun Watson has prevented us from truly believing this is final. Well, and, and I agree, Mike. It, that is what stood out for me as well because Roger Goodell put out the statement, right? If you go back to Jerry Rice – I'm sorry, Ray Rice back in the day – they, they announced the suspension, and then the video came out, and, and it basically made the commissioner and the NFL look foolish, whatever word you want to use. It didn't work out for the NFL very well. The PR was a disaster. And I thought this kind of followed that in that way because the commissioner put out, Roger Goodell said, you know, Deshaun's trying to do all the right things, et cetera, et cetera, to turn it around. And then he comes back and proclaims his innocence. Well, I never said that I was, did anything wrong. I was more talking about apologizing for being in this situation. So I, it just, it was bad PR. I don't know. You're right, Mike. If you don't say anything at all, sometimes that's better than saying what was said in this situation, and I don't know why they didn't either hold off on it. They knew it was coming, right? They knew this was coming for weeks. Why not have a media session and have him practice and get together and know what you're going to say? And I don't think that's what they wanted him to say. If it is, they, they totally botched this thing. If that's really what they wanted Deshaun Watson to say, they botched this whole deal. But it sounded like he just said what he wanted to say and got it out there. But either way, it was bad. It was a bad look. 
It was a bad look for the NFL. It was a bad look for the Browns. It was a bad look for Deshaun Watson. And that's kind of how this thing has gone from the start. What are we in a year and a half into this now? And that's kind of what it's been this whole time. And you make a great point. They did know this was coming. I heard from plenty of people after the word broke of an 11-game suspension with a $5 million fine that, well, I knew about this yesterday. And I always love hearing that after – Something is finally reported. Well, why didn't you say something about it yesterday if you knew about it yesterday? But clearly something was in the works. And when they delayed the media availability, at a minimum they had some inkling, some understanding, some realization that this was going to occur. So it wasn't just slapped together. There was an element of strategy that went into this. Hey, we're going to delay the media availability, and when it happens, we will have – Deshaun Watson, we will have general manager Andrew Berry, we will have DN Jimmy Haslam say whatever they're going to say, and we'll get to them. We'll get to that. They're not blameless in this either by any stretch. No. But I just wonder, did they know, did the Browns know when the time came for Deshaun Watson to speak, he was going to depart so dramatically from what he said last Friday and from what he said in his statement? Let's look at this statement that was issued at the time that the 11-game suspension and $5 million fine as negotiated between league and union became official. I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended and extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I've received throughout my short time with the Browns organization. I apologize once again, reiterating what he said on Friday, incorporating by reference, as the lawyers would say. I apologize once again for any pain this situation has caused. I take accountability for the decisions I made. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field, supporting my teammates however possible while I'm away from the team. And I'm excited about what the future holds for me in Cleveland. Okay, fine. That's fine. Leave it at that. Don't say anything more. For God's sake, don't let him get a microphone and say I proclaim my innocence. Uh Uh-oh, here he is. I've always uh, stood on my innocence and always said that I've never assaulted anyone or disrespected anyone, and I'm continuing to stand on that. But at the same time, I have to continue to push forward with my life and my career. And for us to be able to move forward, you know, I have to be able to take steps and put pride to the side. And uh, I'm going to continue to stand on my innocence and, and keep pushing forward. And I've always, you know, stood on not disrespecting or sexual assaulting anyone. You what do you for? for everyone that was affected about this situation, there was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women that accused you of this? I've apologized to all women. So anybody that was affected, even yourself, every, everything. So I'm apologizing to everyone that was affected about this whole situation. You're going to take a lot of heat for I stand on my innocence. I mean, I'm already seeing it uh, all over social media. So you know, what, what is going to be your response to that when the world comes down on you for well, I have to do what, what's best for Deshaun Watson at the end of the day. And I know what happened. Um, I was in those situations. But I have to continue to push forward and keep moving forward. I really would love to know if they knew that that's what he was going to say when he had a chance to speak to the media. Because clearly they have an interest in having this end in a way where everyone can move forward. The Browns aren't trying to make him look bad the Browns aren't trying to force him to take a reckoning that he refuses to take and based upon his words he refuses to take it everyone's entitled to a second chance that's what Jimmy Haslam said yesterday we're going to hear from him coming up but you have to earn the second chance by truly seeking reckoning that flows from the squandering of your first chance that's the weird part of this you have to say and what is Does he truly believe he's innocent after all of this? And that's going to be very relevant to the evaluation and treatment angle that the NFL could use to slam the door in his face. That's the one thing that keeps this from truly being over. If the NFL is sufficiently alarmed, as it should be, by Deshaun Watson's ongoing proclamation of innocence, how in the world does evaluation and treatment work? You go in to be evaluated. And your whole attitude is, why am I here? I don't need to be here. I didn't do anything wrong. You're getting treatment. What am I getting treatment for? I didn't do anything wrong. 
I stand on my innocence. A lot of people were triggered. Are you one of them? Person who is evaluating and treating me? Are you triggered too? I don't know why the hell I keep using that word. It is so inherently derisive. It diminishes the concerns of the people who are triggered. Like there's something wrong with you, not me, because you got triggered by what happened. The whole th- I, I know the NFL would love for this to be over, and that's probably one of the reasons why the NFL agreed to the settlement. It ain't over. It isn't over. And this is one of those where you need to sleep on it and see how it feels in the light of day. It feels worse to me this morning than it did as the events were happening yesterday. Can you imagine, Mike, Roger Goodell watching that press conference last yesterday? I can't imagine the words that came out of his mouth as he's watching that press conference. Can you imagine the Haslam's? And Kevin Stefanski watching that press conference yesterday. I can't imagine the words coming out of their mouths yesterday. I would suspect that they were stunned by the words that Deshaun Watson used. I was stunned. I was driving back in my car from Houston and listening on Sirius, and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing from Deshaun Watson. After all this, that's what we're left with. And you're right. It would be kind of over if he hadn't said what he said, if we hadn't had the press conference, if he had gone up there and and stuck to what the statement said. Did he even read the statement before he went up there? That's what I I would like to know that too. Like whoever wrote the statement for him, because you know he didn't write that statement, but whoever wrote it for him, did he actually read it before he got up there and said what he said? I suspect that he didn't, Mike. I suspect he had no idea what was in that statement. And he was going to make his talking points and say what he wanted to say, and he did. And and now everyone comes out looking even worse. If that was even possible, I would have said that wasn't even possible. But after this, I would say everyone in this situation came out looking even worse this morning than what they looked before the announcement yesterday. I mean, this is really puts everything in, in a bad light. The, the settlement, the NFL, the Browns, the owners of the Browns, Deshaun Watson, I didn't think any of them could look worse than what they looked before this. After that, oh, my gosh, that, that was not good. It just creates the impression that Deshaun Watson did what he had to do to get back on the field, and he realized the NFL had him in yeah. checkmate. He recognized the NFL was going to suspend him for the full year, and maybe the NFL Players Association would – go through the motions of a legal challenge and throw some dirt on the NFL by digging up situations where the NFL either doesn't investigate at all or fails to properly punish owners who have engaged in potential personal conduct policy violations. But at the end of the day, it wasn't going to save Deshaun Watson. It wasn't going to get him back on the field. It just wasn't going to happen. He wanted it to be over. He recognized they had him where they wanted him. So he agrees to an 11-game suspension and a $5 million fine, and he gets back in time to go play the Texans in Houston, assuming again that they let him come back on the field. It will be interesting to see how the NFL threads that needle, or do they just refuse to even try based upon the statements he made. One of the problems I have with this, and I feel bad for Deshaun. I felt bad for him from day one because – Look, he's a young guy. He's my son's age. And as my son got older, that's when I really started to understand because I compare his behavior, his mindset to these guys that we see, that we we view as gladiators. We put them on pedestals. I spent my whole life doing that from when I was seven or eight years old, back when you were rooting for the Cowboys and I was rooting for the Vikings and the NFL was larger than life. As you start to realize and recognize that these are young guys that are still kind of finding their way through life, they need people around them who can give them the support they need, who will tell them the difficult truth, the things that need to be said, the things that keep you in line. Not apologists, not yes men, not people who will just blindly circle the wagons even when there's something that's happening that requires someone to do something other than say Deshaun didn't do anything wrong. And I go all the way back to the beginning. From the moment that they became aware of the Ashley Solis claims, when Tony Busby tried to resolve them quietly in order to avoid a major production, in order to avoid threats and insults and ridicule for Ashley Solis, tried to do it privately, they... They, they just turned up their nose at Tony Busby. 
He demands $100,000, which suggests 50 to 75,000 as a settlement. And they just say, no, he didn't do anything wrong. See, that's the moment somebody needs to sit down with Deshaun Watson and say, well, we just need to bear with me here, Deshaun. I know you may not like to hear this. And I know you're the star quarterback of the Houston Texans, but this is for your own good. Let's talk about this a little bit. Let's play out what could happen here. If there's any reason to think, any reason at all to think that, that this lady may be onto something, we probably should consider doing the right thing, making amends now, recognizing that something happened that shouldn't have happened. And let's talk a little bit more about this whole massage thing. Like you found her on the, how many others are out there? there? There was none of that. It was Deshaun's innocent banging on the table from day one. Deshaun didn't do it. Deshaun didn't do it. Why aren't you investigating the women who are making these false claims? They're all lying. Why aren't you? Why aren't you looking at them, media? Why aren't you doing your job? Well, why aren't you doing your job and proving that they're lying? Where's the proof? We still haven't seen any proof that anybody was lying. If anything, if anything, Judge Robinson found that four of them were telling the truth. And see, this is the problem. This is, the, this is the core. This is why it shouldn't sit well with anyone. The union, representing Deshaun Watson, tried to get the league to say, hey, we accept whatever Judge Robinson does. We accept it. See, because they knew that they had worked a magic trick on Judge Robinson and somehow convinced her to not suspend him for a full season, even though she concluded that he did it. Now, how, as the union on behalf of Deshaun Watson... Do you embrace what Judge Robinson did and then basically give her the finger after the fact? And that, that's what got me. Shireen, this is the last thing I'm going to say. I'm going to let yeah. you chime in. I'm going, as Chris Sims says from time to time, I'm talking too long. <laughs> David Mulugeta, who represents Deshaun Watson, and he should not get off the hook here either. He posted no. a tweet yesterday that went after Judge Robinson. To be clear, Judge Robinson repeated the NFL's narrative. She received a brief from the NFL weeks before we had the opportunity to talk to her. In our first call with the judge, she referred to Deshaun's pattern of behavior. Her mind was made up before we ever presented a counter. Well, he did have a pattern of behavior, David. He did. He had a pattern of behavior. Are you denying he didn't have a pattern of behavior? What are you saying here? He deleted that. And then he added this, which I don't think is any better. Deshaun has always stated he is innocent of sexual assault. Nothing has changed in what he said. He also said he is remorseful. The decisions he made have created this situation. The settlement allows him to move forward with his life and career. Okay, the judge found he committed four instances of nonviolent sexual assault. I'm all for giving Deshaun a second chance. I'm all for embracing his redemption if he wants it. He's throwing it back. He has his redemption. He has his punishment. He has his future secured, and he's throwing it back because his agent is enabling it. His agent is empowering it. His agent is failing to look out for the long-term best interest of his client by continuing to bang this drum of he didn't do it, he didn't do it, he didn't do it. That's the, that's the core of the problem here. Deshaun Watson and the people who are supposed to be looking out for him are failing their client. That's the problem. Yeah, it, it is, Mike. And you made a great point. Judge Robinson also said in her 16-page ruling that she found that Deshaun Watson was not truthful. And I go back to that statement that he gave to NFL Network before the first preseason game when he apologized for the first time. Oh, we've seen the apology. Well, it's obvious now that he didn't believe a word that he said. He thought that would help his case and help in settlement talks, and it obviously did. The NFL believed then that that Deshaun Watson was remorseful. There was nothing remorseful in what he said yesterday. There was nothing, no apology in what he said yesterday. There was nothing like that in what he said yesterday. He basically admitted yesterday that, that the apology was, was not an apology, that he said what he had to say to, to get where he is now, to get the shorter suspension than a year that the NFL wanted. And it worked. It worked. They bought what he said to NFL Network before that preseason game. And it's clear that he was lying then, just like he has lied in this thing all throughout this and you're right, it goes back to the people around him not giving him good advice 
on, on how to handle this situation and what to do. So it's been a disaster from the very start. A year and a half into this thing, it has not improved. It's only gotten worse. And you're right. You point to the people who, who, have, who can tell Deshaun Watson, look, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to handle this. And they handled it poorly from the start to the finish. And, and we're not at the finish yet. So how many more bad things are we going to see from now until when he comes back, whenever that might be? We're pointing at the Texans games. But as you said, Mike, he's got to show in counseling that he is remorseful, that he does understand what he did. And to me, based on what he said yesterday, we're a long, long way from that. Well, and we, we, if the NFL insists on a true diagnosis, a true evaluation, a true treatment process that potentially becomes a barrier to Deshaun Watson's return, or is the league's position, let's just get through this, and he comes back. Let's not prolong it. Let's not have any more fights. Let's not do anything more along those lines. Adam Schefter's Twitter feed, and, and, and look, it, I mean, I got to call it like it is. I, it, it is a roller coaster ride of carrying water for Deshaun Watson and also calling out Deshaun Watson. I don't think he can make up his mind on what he truly is trying to project to the world because he will retweet without comment what David Mulligetta said. And he retweeted without comment a tweet from his colleague Diana Russini, who says the signing of this settlement only means Watson is ending the legal process. This has nothing to do with an admission of guilt. Those close to him share with me today he regrets putting himself in the position. This isn't an admission or an apology to the women involved. What the hell? What the hell is that? And Schefter just retweets it without without saying anything. Like, here it is. Look at this. Hey, look at this. Hey, look at this. Well, here's a couple of things that he passed along that I think are very important. This was a tweet from yesterday, early afternoon, right after the official announcement. Last Friday, Deshaun Watson made comments that the NFL thought were an important first step. But the league still expects him to be fully compliant with treatment and accept accountability and understand his behavior. Okay, if that's accurate, then Deshaun Watson is screwed here. And it shows that he duped the NFL. That was the headline that is on an item that I posted last night. I think he did a little rope-a-dope with the NFL here. He said just enough to Aditi Kinkabwala to create the impression it's an important first step. Then there's the statement, I take accountability. And then five minutes later, there he is at the microphone. Hey, I maintain my innocence. I know I signed that plea agreement, but I didn't do it. That's basically what he's doing. And Schefter had another tweet about the evaluation process. And, And it is kind of ominous and foreboding. And it's sprinkled in with the retweets that carry water for Deshaun Watson. This is a tweet from yesterday afternoon. Deshaun Watson has to comply with evaluation and treatment recommendations of a third-party behavioral expert to be reinstated. His reinstatement is contingent upon his compliance with the treatment plan. If he doesn't comply, his restatement, his reinstatement, easy for him to say, could be delayed plus further discipline. So if that's accurate, if that's true, how in the world – are they not gathering this morning for a meeting at 345 Park Avenue and saying, what are we going to do about this? Because we did get suckered into thinking this guy was going to be remorseful, and he isn't. And they did get suckered. That's exactly what happened. Sean Watson said what he had to say to get where he is now, to get less than a year suspension, and he's gotten that. And – He probably was counting on the NFL being ready to move on from this, and I would bet that they are ready to move on from this. But this, to me, makes it really hard to move on from what we've seen over the last year and a half. I I just – it's hard to get past this, and I don't think we will. And maybe we don't talk about this once the season begins and games are going and he's away from the team, but then he's going to come back to the practice facility and we're going to have that, and then – He's, you know, we're going to wonder how counseling is gone, and then he's going to return to practice in November, and we're going to talk about that, Mike. And then finally, that week leading up to the Texans game, he's presumably going to be getting ready to play, and we're going to do this all over again and talk about it. And we're going to talk about it week after week after week from, from then on out with Deshaun Watson. So, you know, I, I this thing – 
it, it, you wanted it to feel like that it was almost over yesterday, and I just didn't get that. I, I just feel like there's a lot more to go on now, that he does have to sh- get to the point where he's remorseful. And I don't know if that's going to happen, but I do feel like the NFL does want to move on. I do think he plays in that Texans game. They're going to say that counseling worked, whether it did or didn't, whether he professes his innocence throughout the – and we're not going to know. We'll never know. I mean, this is this is probably going to be well, the last time that Deshaun Watson's going to talk about this. Well, no, because when he is reinstated, if he's reinstated for that Texans game, I fully expect, because that's the next time we'll hear from him, because by rule he's got to be available yep. during the week, and he's got to be available after the game. Someone is going to say, do you still, after going through evaluation and treatment, do you still profess your innocence? And that will be his next opportunity to publicly either double down or triple down or quadruple down, quintuple down. I've lost track. That'll be his opportunity (laughs) to either do it again and pull out that card that says, I never assaulted, I never harassed, I never disrespected anyone. That little card he's been carrying around for six months now that he used in his introductory press conference. Either he says that or he says, I have learned that what I did was wrong. Now I understand why this behavior was improper. Now I understand that what I was doing was hurtful and harmful. I have had my eyes open. I've had my epiphany. I've learned so much about how proper interactions should occur and what was improper about what I did. That That's the next time we'll have an opportunity to find out. And I suspect that no, someone, I, based, I disagree upon, based with that. upon yesterday, well, we'll see. What, what, tell me why. Well, no, here, uh, yeah, here's what I think is going to happen. I don't think they add him to the roster, Mike, until the Saturday before the game, which means he doesn't have to talk that whole week. They're not going to put him in well, front of the after the game. Again. After the I, game, he's got to talk. I, he's got to talk. He's got to talk at then, some point. Then they'll be. But then you know what the questions will be? They'll be about the game. They'll be. We won't have. They, there'll be one or two questions, but it won't be like he would get before a game. There will be one or two questions, and it will be a short answer. But it will mostly be about the game, what he did to prepare for the game, how he, you know, what he did in his time away from the team, and those sorts of things and how he played in the game. I just don't think there'll be a ton of questions about it. Now, maybe the next week after the game, maybe they come circle back and go wow. back to it and say, hey, what did you learn in your counseling session? I don't know. But I, I don't think they're going to put him in a microphone until after that game, Mike, thinking oh. that people are going to move on. Now, I, regardless of when he's in front of a microphone again in front of reporters, you and I both personally know Mary Kay Cabot. We heard her voice in the questioning yeah. of Deshaun Watson, pouncing on him, saying social media is already exploding at that stupid thing yeah. you said about maintaining your innocence. I suspect that she will be the one who says to Deshaun Watson, you've gone through evaluation, you've gone through treatment, do you continue to maintain your innocence? She, she will be the one who asks that question. Whether it's the week of the game, after the game, the following week, the next time that he is in a press conference setting and she is there, she will ask that question. And that's my point. That's when we'll know. One way or the other, he's either had his epiphany or he continues to insist on his innocence. And if he continues to insist on his innocence, then that will be the proof that this whole thing was a farce. This whole thing is a sham. This whole thing is just check the box and move on. All's well that ends, as Paul Tagliabue always said. That's something Peter King reminded me of again yesterday after this this settlement was announced. We'll see how how serious the NFL is about making sure that he understands what he did, why it's wrong, because that's the only way to guarantee it doesn't happen again. Deshaun Watson also spoke yesterday about eventually telling his side of the story. Let's have a listen to what he had to say about that topic. That's definitely the plan. That's definitely the goal. I feel like through this whole process, we've been trying to tell my side of the story. Um, But a lot of people wasn't able to or didn't really pay too much attention to it. But one day we will. Uh, Only time will tell. And, you know, like I said before, just continue to keep being the person I am, keep showing the community how good of a human being I am. Uh, I have always been how I was raised. And I just want to continue to show that and, you know, keep pushing forward. That either. And I'm sorry, Deshaun. 
hell of a football player, but boy, somebody's giving you bad advice. You've had every opportunity you want to tell your side of the story. You can tell your side of the story. And I know while the criminal cases were still pending, there was a possibility of indictments. It didn't prove innocence. He tried to suggest it proved innocence when he wasn't. No, it didn't. It didn't. Didn't prove anything other than they chose not to indict him because the prosecutor didn't want to take on the challenge of trying to prove these crimes by beyond a reasonable doubt if there were any crimes committed. Good luck proving it beyond a reasonable doubt when there's two people in the room and one says something happened and the other one doesn't. Good luck proving it beyond a reasonable doubt. But once those cases end, once there's no indictment, you can talk. You're being deposed. Let's see the deposition transcripts. Surely he's had an opportunity to tell his story the various times he's been questioned under oath by Tony Busby. Surely, and we've seen some snippets of what he's had to say. He's had occasions and opportunities and moments where he could tell his side of the story. And, and it, he, you know, I, his side of the story is I'm innocent. I, I don't know what more he needs to say. I went and I got a bunch of massages and I didn't do anything wrong. There's my side of the story. So if he's angling for a book deal, it's going to be a pretty short book, Shireen. <laughs> yeah, it is, Mike. But, you know, when he gets in front of the microphone in four months, I fully expect him to say, I don't think he's going to say anything. I think he's going to say parts of what he said yesterday and that I'm moving on. That was four months ago. I've moved on. I'm past that. Let's move forward with football. And that's not going to sit well either with, with anybody if he goes up to the microphone and says that. It would be far better for him to say, look, I went through counseling. I realized I, that what happened was wrong and I made mistakes. And now I'm now I'm trying to move forward from that and become a better person uh, the rest of the time. So I don't expect that to happen. I think he's going to get up there and say that was four months ago. I've moved on. You guys should move on, too. Let, let's get on to football. And just like everybody's going to forget about it. But nobody's going to forget about this, Mike. Disaster happened yesterday, and that's going to follow Deshaun Watson for the rest of his career. He might as well wear the scarlet letter. If you don't know what the scarlet letter is, go read the book. Good book. Um, but he's going to wear that for the rest of his career now based on what happened yesterday. He probably would have anyway, but it just made it worse well, yesterday. So I, this is not going to escape him ever. Yesterday it was in the process of being peeled off, and he slapped it back on his head. That, that's that's yeah. Well, yeah. The, the end result from yesterday. Um, okay. Ownership has a role in all of this, too. The Browns are the ones who traded for Deshaun Watson. And I suspect at the end of the day, despite having a chief strategy officer and a general manager and a head coach, Jimmy Haslam saw an opportunity to go out and add a franchise quarterback. They didn't have to rely on the draft when they – took guys like Brandon Whedon and Johnny Manziel. They didn't have to do that. But they did go after a guy, franchise player, with this baggage. Here's Jimmy Haslam on giving second chances to quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson. In this country, and hopefully in the world, people deserve second chances, okay? I really think that. And I, I, I struggle a little bit. Is, is he never supposed to play again? Is he never supposed to be part of society? Does he get no chance to rehabilitate himself? And that's what we're going to do, okay? And you can say, well, that's because he's a star quarterback. Well, of course. But if he was Joe Smith, he wouldn't be in the, on the headlines every day. So we think people deserve a second chance. We gave Kareem Hunt a second chance, okay? And that's worked out pretty well, okay? We're hoping this will work out, and we have strong belief it will. That doesn't mean we don't have empathy for people affected, and we will continue to do so. But we strongly believe, strongly believe people deserve a second chance. We believe Deshaun Watson deserves a second chance. Well, Deshaun Watson doesn't believe he deserves a second chance because he doesn't need a second chance because he didn't do anything wrong. See, that's the problem here. Kareem Hunt, who initially lied to the Chiefs, which is why they cut him after the Chiefs confronted him about the allegation of misbehavior, which coincidentally happened in Cleveland. And then the video comes out, which contradicts what Kareem Hunt had told the Chiefs. They cut him, the Browns, give him that second chance, and that's fine. And look, look, something that I've said many times as it relates to a football team that has 53 roster spots. Every guy that gets a second chance takes away someone else's 
first chance. Someone else on the team who's never gotten in any trouble loses their job when you create a roster spot for a guy who gets a second chance. And the guys who get the second chances are the talented players. It's the old Jimmy Johnson example. Guy falls asleep in a meeting, I cut him. What if Troy Aikman falls asleep in a meeting? I get him a pillow. That's the reality. And Jimmy Haslam kind of acknowledged that. If it was just some run-of-the-mill guy, they wouldn't have bothered with it. They see the opportunity to have a quarterback who's 26 years old and he's going to be there for a long time. They're willing to deal with some, some short-term pain. They're willing to hold their nose for now because they understand it's going to be 10 years, maybe longer, that they have something that they haven't had for a very long time in Cleveland, a quarterback who can continue to play at a high level for season after season after season. So that, that's fine. But it all collapses upon itself if he refuses to acknowledge that he's on to chance number two. You know what I suspect, Mike? I suspect teams like the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Dolphins were watching this yesterday and saying, thank God we didn't end up with Deshaun Watson. Thank God that he's in Cleveland and not here based on everything that happened yesterday. I think those teams that were in the running to get Deshaun Watson were thanking the Browns for stepping in and giving him a fully guaranteed contract so they didn't have to go through what the Browns went through yesterday with this guy. And that is what it's all about. He said it. It's about the future. It's about finding that franchise quarterback, and perhaps they've done that, but they're going through a a lot of stuff right now uh, to get there, Mike, and I don't know if they expected. They said they would do the same thing over again, but I don't know if they expected everything that's happened since they signed, traded for and signed Deshaun Watson to that big contract. Would they really do it over again? I don't know. I don't know that they would, Mike. And, of course, they, they will insist that they would because they have no other alternative yeah. at this point. But, you know, the fundamental question comes down to this. What, what did the NFL expect this settlement to be? Is it like the standard civil settlement where the defendant always includes language saying this isn't an admission of guilt? I admit nothing. This is just a business transaction aimed at resolving this in an amicable way to bring closure to both sides. Or did the NFL expect him to cry uncle? That's really the philosophical question that I'd love to get the answer to that I don't expect to get an answer to from the NFL. I asked them yesterday, does Deshaun Watson's commentary at his press conference impact in any way disagreement of course they don't respond they don't want to respond I don't think they know what to do at this point but I think the real question is this for Roger Goodell for Jeff Pash for whoever from the league was involved in negotiating this thing is this the standard civil settlement agreement where the person who was facing something worse accepts something less than that and says I reserve the right to say I didn't do it or is it a situation where the NFL expects an acknowledgement that there was something done that justified, required, necessitated a suspension, a fine, and evaluation and treatment? And that's the key. The expectation that there will be evaluation and treatment tells me this isn't the, hey, I get to still say I didn't do anything wrong type of a settlement. This is the I did it. I'm throwing myself on the mercy of the shield, and I'm happy to only be suspended for 11 games because I'm going to go make this right. I'm going to get my evaluation. I'm going to get my treatment. I'm going to fully embrace my reckoning and be grateful for my second chance because that's clearly not what they're getting. I think that's the core question, and I think we know the answer. Yeah, you know, I don't – Think, I've watched the press conference, I listened to the press conference twice, and I don't know, and it just dawned on me that, that this was a key question to ask. You know, do you even think you need counseling based on, on what you just said? Because if you're innocent, what do you need counseling for if you see yourself as innocent? So, you know, I, I think there's, if, if they do get to ask those questions, Mike, the next time they talk to Deshaun Watson, and, and he... Is going to answer them. I think that's it. Is is 
Do you, why do you think you need counseling? The NFL obviously thinks you need counseling. Why do you think you need counseling? Or do you not think you need counseling based on what you said in your press conference? And I, I don't think he does. I don't think he thinks he needs counseling or treatment because he thinks he did nothing wrong in this entire saga that's lasted a year and a half now. So, I, you know, they've got a big project here with him in counseling, whoever's going to handle that. And I don't think we know the answer to who's going to handle that and how that's going to work out and where he has to go and who he has to see. But uh, they've got a big project on their hands with Deshaun Watson. I just sent an email to Brian McCarthy, the league spokesman that I deal with when he feels like dealing with me. Sometimes he doesn't feel like dealing with me. And sorry, sorry, BMAC, you got the short straw. I want to talk to somebody on the record. And I guess if I have to talk off the record, I'll do it. But I want to talk to somebody from the league about this. What the, I, I want to I think it's a fair question. If, yeah. if everybody from the Browns is. is going to parade in front of the microphone yesterday to talk about this, see, the, the, the league, did, the league was smart. They didn't say anything and they probably won't say anything privately or publicly. Excuse me. Privately, they may be saying some things, but I think it's fair to to get their side of the story. I think it's fair to find out what they contemplated in all of this and whether it's unfolding the way that they had expected. Here's Jimmy Haslam again talking about if they expected this outcome when they made the decision not just to trade for Deshaun Watson, but to give him a five-year, fully guaranteed $230 million contract. I don't think we had any way of knowing. I don't think anybody knew how many games Deshaun might miss. I mean, we didn't know until definitively till today, okay? I think it's important to remember Deshaun is 26 years old, okay, and is a high-level NFL quarterback, and we're planning on being our quarterback for a long time. Man, that's as, that's as stark as you can get it. Hey, folks, we don't give a shit about any of that other stuff. We got us a quarterback for the next 10 years. So leave us alone with all. We knew we, knew we were buying into a mess. We knew it was going to be a mess. We didn't know how big of a mess it was going to be, but we'll happily mop it up because we got a guy under, quarter, under contract for five years that we intend to keep indefinitely. So leave us alone, please. I mean, that's the attitude. And, and they, like they, 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 hey, when they did the deal, they sold their soul. They did it. They, they, so this is just another step along the way. They knew when they made this transaction, at some point, there's going to be a final decision on, on how long he's out. They knew at some point they're going to have to stand up and say what they said yesterday. And they... They go back to counting the days until Deshaun Watson can help take the Browns to places the Browns have never been, or at least haven't been in years. AFC Championship. It's been a long time since the back-to-back games against the Denver Broncos, 87 and 88, when they almost got to the Super Bowl, never been to the Super Bowl. And this, this is why I continue to feel bad for Browns fans who are caught in this, in this weird spot that the team has made. They're trying to deliver a quarterback who can take the team to the Super Bowl and bring championships to Cleveland. But at the same time, they brought this baggage onto the franchise that we thought was going to be shed yesterday to a certain extent. And based upon the way Watson handled himself, it's, it's still there. And it's still fixable. You know what? Deshaun Watson at any time could have another press conference. At any time could, yeah. could post a That's tweet. Right. At any time could go on the record with someone saying – you know, yesterday things were happening pretty quick. I, now I understand. I've talked to some people. I understand. I understand. And I do acknowledge. I, I, don't even, I don't even know that that would work now. Because once you talk out of both sides of your mouth, when you talk again, people don't know which side of your mouth you're talking out of. Well, and that's why he needs to wait until he does go to counseling, Mike. And you're right. He needs to say, oh, I've, you know, been through counseling and, figured out that what I did was wrong and I'm now ready to move forward with my life and my career based on this won't ever happen again. And, you know, you're right, Mike, he could talk at any point. It's going to be a long time till we hear from him, but I do hope that we have some of those answers from him. I do hope that counseling helps him understand what he did and what he said were wrong, flat out wrong, that there was no apology there was no accountability there was no remorsefulness there was nothing there that we expected to hear yesterday um and you know if i'm those women sitting there watching that 
um, I can't imagine. I, I can't imagine that how they felt hearing Deshaun Watson's words yesterday because it was obvious that he feels like that what he did to them was okay. That, that, that's how it came out. What he did to them was okay. Tony Busby chimed in yesterday because he always does, but he's relevant in this because he's the guy that got this all started by taking on the Ashley Solis case, by trying to get it resolved, by justifiably becoming pissed off, as he said at a press conference a couple of weeks ago, when he got stiff-armed by Deshaun's representatives when he was trying to resolve, without filing suit, a legitimate claim. You know, we see that all the time. That's a frivolous lawsuit. That's a money grab. Well, you know what? How many times do we hear it's a money grab and then ultimately the person who is on the wrong end of the accusations grabs their checkbook and writes the settlement check? That's what happened here. Oh, it's a money grab. Well, okay. Well, it's frivolous. Okay. Tony Busby had this to say about the NFL's final punishment of Deshaun Watson by settling the matter. The way he has, Roger Goodell has proven one of two things. Either his recent rhetoric was utter baloney or his bark is much worse than his bite. My belief is that he is nothing more than a paper tiger. The message today to all victims is clear. If you believe you've been sexually assaulted by a powerful person, keep your mouth shut and go away. The NFL has certainly demonstrated its ownership and the organization don't care to all sexual assault survivors. Do not allow this recent punishment to deter you. Keep speaking up and speaking out. Your voice matters. You are making a difference. We stand with you. Look, I, hey, I don't know what he's talking about here. I think, I think you need to have a more measured response to this. They are suspending the guy for 11 games. They are getting $5 million out of his pocket in addition to the somewhere between $1 million and $10 million that he's spent on legal fees and settlements with Tony Busby. I mean, Tony Busby settled. The NFL settled. So I, I got no problem with the guy speaking out, but I think that he's maybe going a little too far here. Should the NFL have just gone ahead and suspended Deshaun Watson for a full year? Well, based upon what Deshaun said yesterday, yes. But there's none of that in this statement from Tony Busby. He's just basically saying by agreeing to 11 games and $5 million, the NFL didn't go far enough. I, I think that that's pretty far if you're dealing with someone who is truly willing to accept the fact that, that what happened shouldn't have happened and is committed to figuring out how to avoid similar predicaments in the future, Sharif. Yeah, and, and my, I want to make one point about the suspension because with the NFL, there's nothing that's happenstance. The NFL makes decisions for one of two reasons, sometimes for both reasons, and that's money or PR and or PR. It could be for both reasons. To me, it this decision seems to be for both, and I think there's a third reason. I think it's punishment for the two teams, and bear with me for just a second. But I always – thought that the placement of that Texans game in week 13, which is the Browns 12th game was by design. And, and I do think it was by design. And I do think that was a significant and measured and deliberate placement of that game. I saw it as they didn't want the NFL didn't want Deshaun Watson to come back in that game. So it was always going to be a 12th game suspension. I think the NFL had in its mind 11 games was what it wanted because this 12th game when he goes back to Houston could be seen as punishment for both teams because the Texans surely don't want to play Deshaun Watson and Deshaun Watson, I'm guessing, doesn't want to play the Texans. Based on what he heard in Jacksonville, can you imagine that scene that's going to play out in Houston? A, that might be their only sellout of the season, but it will be sold out. They will be loud. They will boo every time and say other things to Deshaun Watson. The second thing is, Mike, that is going to get huge viewership. Right now it's in that 1 o'clock window. I'm not going to be surprised if it moves to a bigger window. Maybe it won't. Maybe they're both terrible at that point, but if they are, I still think all eyes are going to be on that game. We're going to be watching that game. Everybody's going to want to see how does Deshaun, Deshaun Watson play and how does he play in Houston? How is the reception in Houston? I grew up down there. I know how the reception is going to be. It's not going to be friendly. So I think that this, this 
played out exactly as the NFL wanted it to play out, I think all along they would have been satisfied with 11 games. I, I think they – I think in some sense they wanted him to come back and play in this game. They will get ratings. They will get a lot of money out of this game. And it, it, both team, neither team probably wanted this to be the game that Deshaun Watson came back to. I'm sure that the Browns would have preferred that that game been in one of the games, the first 11 games as it worked out, or the first six games or whatever it was, so he didn't have to play in that particular game. You've been hanging around me for too long. I'm not even willing to go that far, and let me explain. I'm not willing to give them enough credit to being able to pull this off, to be that strategic. I really don't think that was the case. I think it came down to something as simple as Deshaun Watson and the NFLPA were dug in at 10, the NFL was dug in at 12, and they eventually had to do this compromise, and it was kind of like, oh, crap, we recognize his first game back is going to be at Houston. Well, at some point, he's going to play at Houston over the balance of his career. It's going to be a big deal when it happens. Let's go ahead and make first game back, which is going to be a big deal, coincide with first game back in Houston, which was always going to be a big deal. Let's just get it out of the way now. And I don't agree with the idea that they're going to slide this into 425 p.m. Eastern. They're opening themselves up for tremendous criticism, and I don't think they want to bask in that. They don't want to have ratings flowing from – hey, let's tune in to watch what a train wreck this will be. Let's tune in so we can hear what kind of chants are going to make it over the noise and through the microphones of the <laughs> announcers. They don't – you know, because I, every once in a while there will be um, a suggestion that the league flex into prime time. You know, if there's a team that's going for 0-16 when the Browns were a few years ago – or if there's a game that decides the first overall pick in the draft. The NFL doesn't want games like that to have a big platform. I don't think that one's going to be moved to 425 p.m. Eastern. Unless the two teams are really, really good, then it's unavoidable, and I don't expect both teams to be really, really good. I don't think the league went into any of this intending this outcome because I'm not willing to give them the credit to pull something like that off. I really do think they would have preferred, ideally, that it not happen. But, but they're, willing to, they're willing to deal with it because you work your way through it. You say, okay, yeah, he's going back to Houston at some point. We may as well just do it now and be done with it. Let's not get hung up on that. Let's just be done with it because they're dug in on 10. We're dug in on 12. We got to split the difference in the middle, or we just got to go ahead and suspend him for the full year and then walk into whatever federal court process they're going to drag us through. One last point, though. We made this yesterday, but I want to make sure everybody understands this. And I wrote about it last night. It actually could have been better for the Browns if he would have been suspended the whole year because then they would have had him under contract through 2027. Yeah. They would be paying him a million dollars next year in salary instead of $46 million. They're getting him back at a point in the season when how much help is he going to be? It'll be 23 months since he last played in a regular season game. We don't know what their record's going to be. If they're four and seven, five and six, how much difference is he going to make? Are they going to make it to the playoffs? Is it a lost season for the Browns? And it still counts as season one of his five-year contract. So that's one thing where if the Browns are being honest, they'd say, we'd be better off just not having him at all this year. Yeah, Mike, and I think that's exactly right because the the Colts tried what the Browns are trying right now. They tried Jacoby Brissett. You remember he played 15 games in 2017 when Luck had the shoulder injury, and then in 2019 when Luck abruptly retired on August 24th of that offseason, of that preseason then uh, Jacoby Brissett played 15 games that season. He's 14 and 23 as a starter. This is not going to go well for the Browns. They have five playoff teams from last season, plus the Chargers, plus the Dolphins. So, you know, I, I just don't think this is going to go well for the Browns when he comes back. Maybe there, since there's an extra wild card team, the third wild card team, maybe there's a chance they're still in contention for that third wild card team, but I don't even expect that to be the case. So at that point, I think you're just getting ready for 2023. You're letting him get some of the rust off him and get back into it, and then you get ready to come back in 2023. But this, to me, looks like a lost season for the Browns. So 
Contract-wise, you're right, Mike. If he had not played this season, it would have been far better for the Browns. But then he sat out two years, and I just don't know how this is going to go. I will be interested when he comes back, how he plays at the end of the year. He looked terrible in that preseason game, and I don't know that the, the five attempts that he had really gets the rust out. And I don't know that you can do that in practice, and I don't know that you can do that in joint practices. I think it's something that you have to get out there and do. So that's what – how the end of the season is going to play out for the Browns is going to be trying to get that rust off of Deshaun Watson to get him ready for 2023. He won't play again in the preseason. That's something Coach Kevin Stefanski said yesterday. Let me ask you this before we go to break, and we're way over, but what the hell, what's another couple minutes? Jimmy Garoppolo, I think there's no way that they would trade yeah. for him. The question becomes if he's cut and he's available – as a free agent who can be signed by anyone, would they be interested? I just think with Deshaun coming back, presumably, presumably. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revisit everything I've thought and said about Jimmy Garoppolo the past day or two because my reaction was it's only 11 games. You get through them with Jacoby Brissett, and you bring back Deshaun Watson for the stretch run. If the Browns are at all concerned that Deshaun's not going to be able to get back in, if there is any legitimate worry based upon what he said yesterday, maybe you are interested in Jimmy Garoppolo because you're thinking there's a chance we're not going to have Deshaun Watson this year. That's the great unresolved question as to whether or not he gets back in as it relates to what we've been talking about, whether or not he shows true remorse, true contrition, true acceptance of responsibility. But, Shereen, if he's out, it just changes the dynamic. If they know they're not going to have him for the whole year, then I think Garoppolo makes sense. If they're confident they're going to have him for six games, I don't know that you want to go down that path. Well, and that's the thing, Mike. You feel like if you're the Browns that you have a really good team, that you have a chance to contend for a Super Bowl. But I don't know if they can do that with Jacoby Brissett. And even if you get Jimmy Garoppolo in there, how long is it going to take him to be ready? You remember the trade that, that they 49ers, when they traded for him, everybody kept saying, when are we going to see Jimmy? Well, he's learning the offense. Well, he's getting comfortable. You know, it's just going to take some time. And it, it, week after week after week went by before we finally saw Jimmy Garoppolo get in with the 49ers. And things went really well for the 49ers. I think they were 5-0 and with Jimmy Garoppolo at the end of that season. So even if you get him in there, if you would make that trade next week, it's still a long time before he's going to be able to play. And by the time he's able to play, they hope that Deshaun Watson is close to coming back. I guess that's it, Mike. If there's any internally, any thought that maybe Deshaun Watson won't get back this year, that then I think you make that trade because I don't know that you have a chance to win a Super Bowl with Jacoby Brissett. And this is a really good team. I agree with them. I, I think it's a great team, but I don't think that they're going to win many games with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. And you know what? To the extent that there is lingering resentment toward the Browns for giving him the huge contract, and we know that owners were upset about it because they said so on the record, yeah. stunningly, because collusion is always rattling around in what the owners collectively do. There's value in keeping the Browns in the dark. There's value in not letting them know whether or not Deshaun Watson has jeopardized his ability to return for week 13 at Houston and beyond. Because if they know, then they go get in the running for Jimmy Garoppolo, either via trade or signing him as a free agent. If they don't know, what do you do? So I think he will be kept they will be kept. The Browns will be kept in the dark by the league, and uh, we'll just have to see how this all plays out. And, and look, part of what, let, let's be realistic. Part of what the league ultimately does with Deshaun Watson is going to be driven by the public reaction. We are just two voices. We don't really count all that much in the grand scheme of things. What are other people saying about this? Are other people waking up on Friday saying, this really doesn't sit well with me, that the guy supposedly was taking his medicine and then he spit it out of his mouth when the commissioner wasn't looking. I think that how others handle this, what others believe about this, how loudly fans complain about it, that's all going to be a factor in what the league does going forward, Shereen, because we know, we know that's always a factor in what the league does. Yeah, they base all decisions on PR or money, and this is PR, and they want to know how, what the reaction is 
outside of the NFL. How are fans handling this? And I, I suspect, based on what I've seen on social media, that this doesn't sit well with anyone outside of Cleveland. Now, Browns fans have already accepted him. They, they're like Jimmy Haslam. They know that he's the future of the organization, and they're going to stick by him through thick or thin. And so that's the only place that you're seeing people support Deshaun Watson. Outside of that, outside of Cleveland, that – group of Browns fans, you're not seeing that, Mike. And I do think that clearly plays to the NFL. They they, they are going to listen to that over this next week, weeks, months, however long it is that we talk about Deshaun Watson, but they are going to be hearing that. And it will be interesting to see how this thing plays out once we get closer to that week 13 when he's supposed to come back, or maybe even when in October when he's supposed to come back to the team facility. My prediction is that the subset of Browns fans who have periodically flashed anger at those in the media who have pointed out issues and problems, and and again, they've been put in that position by their team. I feel badly for them, but I think that subset is going to become increasingly angry at anyone who dares to keep mentioning this, because in their mind, it's over. We're counting down the days to when Deshaun comes back, and F you to anyone out there who would say anything that possibly would cause his suspension to last longer than that. So as one of the people who will be on the receiving end of those FUs, I, I really am looking forward to that twist in this broader dynamic. Let's take a break. What is happening with Tom Brady? When will he be back? Will he be back with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? We'll provide you the latest information straight from Todd Bowles' mouth when PFJ continues right after this. 